care about. Like, I mean, the Flash stuff is like, you know, you're going to see it, but. No, no, no. I mean, when I say all the other stuff, I mean the stuff that's not the Flash. Oh, like, yeah, in yeah, the Flash yeah, yeah. Movie, exactly. exactly. I want to see all the other stuff that's not yep. the Flash. Yep, exactly. I mean, it's the same with the Black Adam movie. If they would have not have made it the Black Adam movie and they did this, it would have been way better. They tried to do that with Justice Society and it kind of worked some places, but in, in general. In some spots it worked, in some, in, but most of it didn't. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, I like Dr. Fate. That was awesome. Hawkman was I. Yeah, Pierce Brosnan is Dr. Fate with some genius casting. Yeah, that was great. That I was would great. not have pieced that together. Um, but uh, Hodge was completely disrespected throughout that movie. <laughs> Such disrespect. Well, but, um, I mean, they 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 didn't uh, give him his full Thanagarian power. So you know, yeah, that, that was my thing too. That they yeah, they, they, they depowered him so it, much. They did it as as a suit and and weaponry, but you know, like <laughs> if you do the whole the full Thanagarian backstory, then that fight is a little different. Yeah, you might actually get something out of that character. Oh, Black Adam wouldn't have wouldn't have put him down like that. No, um, no. Nah. One hit, even if he tried to catch that mace in hand. Well, the nymph metal is is uh is is uh can hurt someone of his kind of someone of his caliber. Yeah. Well, it it, it, it right because it it negates magic. Yeah, exactly. And so Black hurt, Adam, it, it, yeah, that's, all that's, his, if all nothing else, they could have done that. Magic. Yeah, yeah, he like, could literally not super strength that. everything. Yeah, yeah, he could with that nymph mace, nymph mace, and whatever uh, nymph metal, nymph metal, and in the mace and his superhuman strength, he could yeah. fucking knock Black Adam's ass out. Yeah, especially again considering that the 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 weapon itself, the metal itself, is specifically designed to negate magic, and his all of his powers is from magic. Yeah, I, I, I remember reading something where, like, I think he tried to flex on Shaira, and Shaira cracked him in the ribs. He was like, did I just break a rib? <laughs> yeah, because like, it breaks yo. right that magic shit. It breaks right he was like, yo, too. that actually hurt. What yeah. is that thing? <laughs> Yeah, they but they but that's sort of been the how they've been doing like the Hawks for for years. Like they mm-hmm. either go full Thanagarian or or none at all. Yeah, um, yeah, true. It's either all or nothing. Either like you know, like go like a full on um you know uh like power level, or they just let that shit go. Yo, Treat Williams passed away. Yeah, I saw yeah, that. Mark Hamill's uh Yo Mark Hamill's thing. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah, <sighs> man. That's one of those character actors from the day, man. Yeah, man. Oh. Uh, too soon, man. I remember yeah. he was in um in the 60s too, right? He's in 71, I think I saw. Still not, you know, just barely hitting the 70s. Ah, damn. Yeah, he was 71, yeah. 71, yeah. Yeah, I remember he was in, um, <laughs> he was in this really bad monster movie uh, in the 90s with Famke Jensen. That was the first, that was like one of the first things I saw him in. It was called, uh, was it Deep Rising or something? They were playing like thieves that they end up on this, on this luxury yacht. And there's a freaking kraken that's like its tentacles is like <laughs> moving through the ship, eating, people, <laughs> grabbing people up, and they reveal the big monster at the end. I just, I remember Treat Williams being in that movie. Yeah, he's been in a ton of B movies. He's got yeah, that he's movie got, was like that was back when B movies used to get like theatrical releases and, and shit. <laughs> oh yeah, like, like that was like trailers. Like, and yeah, posters that was 1998. It was uh, jeez. It, it yeah, it was him, Falcon Jensen, uh, West Studi. Uh, wow, West Studi, another uh, good character actor. Uh, yep, it was a bunch of people in that in that movie, and I I remember it because uh, my dad loved those horror movies like those B monster movies like that, and I remember we watched it randomly. I saw, remember seeing the trailers for it, but yeah, he was like. He was the the what do they used to call him the in the Hollywood the leading man in that movie. That was the first thing I saw Fonka Jensen in too. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> that was a bomb. They made that movie for 45 mil. It made $11.2 million in U.S. Oh, <laughs> That's why you didn't see a lot of more, a lot more Treat Williams led movies. Because again, this was back when they used to, they used, they was in the nineties. The B movies stepped up and they started getting big time theatrical releases. <laughs> this was one of them. But yeah, that's right, so. Uh, what are we doing? We're, we're doing, doing uh, Spider Verse. Spider Verse across Spider Verse. I'm one manning. Am I one manning Rise or no? Um, maybe do it in your um final word. Or okay. Um, I was gonna say, but I was, I thought about Cam because of Gwen and the relationship between Gwen and uh and um and Miles. Miles. I was like, oh man, he got the she devil got him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was Yo. like, it laid out exactly how. I was like, well, it's a, it, Cam write this movie? <laughs> yeah. There's a uh, there's a couple other like rand. I was like looking at I was trying to look at some of the content online on IG yeah. for different people. Yeah. One one chick in her dumb ass fucking reachings, she was like, "Yo, Miguel was being racist to Miles because he's Afro Latino and blah blah what? blah." And I was like, "What the fuck?" And then right when I, I said, "What the worse. fuck?" a stitch came in, and the dude was like, "Another dude just came in another way." First of all, this is fucking stupid. I don't yeah. know why people keep tagging me in this, but I mean, let me settle it for sure. The reason why he like he just broke down the whole thing, but that shit was hilarious. It was like, <laughs> yeah, that was that. I don't. I didn't get none of that. So that's what none I'm saying. This, this, and then it was like, oh, we can also bring up. Oh, we can. We'll do it in a delicate way. We can bring up the um the whole trans uh uh reaching thing as well. Have you heard of that one? What, with uh, the poster in Gwen's room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So supposedly the. The internets are oh, taking that, taking whole. Gwen's journey of her with talking to her dad and how she doesn't fit in and blah 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 to be herself and yada 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 as like an allegory for like a trans person transitioning yada 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 and it's like, like a stretch I can see that I it's, a, see it's that. a stretch but it's just like yo some I think that's will be my main thing it's just like sometimes people could can you just like watch the movie can and it enjoy? just be the thing that it is yeah right. yeah, like, yeah yeah that's dude. fair. Yeah, I didn't. Um, I didn't see that either. But I, I only caught it. I, I only caught it because I watched um, New Rock Stars does really good like Easter egg breakdowns. Like they go molecular with their breakdowns, mm-hmm. and they find everything in every frame of every film, uh, and they will correlate it to a bunch of different things. Um, they'll do background research and be like, yeah, the director, blah, 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 or the animator, blah, blah, the person who animated that particular scene, blah, 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 blah. Like they know everything officially. It's just, it's regarded how, how granular they can get with, uh, with Easter eggs. So I only caught that and only knew that because I saw, and, and he was, and dude, and I love how dude who hosts the, the, the podcast, he was like, yep. So, you know, Glenn, when, uh, and, and you can see that Gwen has a, a pro trans uh, poster in her bedroom. And before any of you nerds get at me, got to tell you, I support it. So you can unfollow if you want. And he kept it moving. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was I, like, I, I can unfollow me all the way. Yeah. Like, sit like that where I'm like, they're just like, they had so much fun with the Easter eggs and all that, but they went um, bonkers with the Easter eggs, bro. Oh my God. Uh, so as you guys have seen, we, we've all were discussing Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. Uh, as always, this is your man Cam. With me is... Uh, this is uh, Spider-Man 2099 plus one, a.k.a. Josh. <laughs> as well as... <laughs> this is your unfriendly <laughs> podcasting <laughs> professor. <laughs> he is uh, He's here to tone down the temperature... As me and Josh geek out at the best movie of the year. (laughs) (laughs) I won't. I won't. I won't dispute that uh, quite just yet. Yeah. Because at the moment, I can't put anything above it. At least. Well, not yet. Yeah. yeah. Not yet. You know. So we're. I mean, we're in June. So that kind of keeps it pretty good. Um, Yeah, I think it'll. It'll. It. You know. It's. It's. It's certainly going to be in the running. It was a great yeah. Um, so we've all seen Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. Um, initial reactions was like 
holy shit, this is actually fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> like, not even like, I wasn't even like over going over. I was just like, yo, this is really good. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. They did a really good job. And uh, shout out to Joaquin Dos Santos, who's done some amazing um, DC animated stuff. He yes, uh, he definitely did this thing in this one. And like, we are all fans of Mr. DeSantos here. Yeah. And yeah. his work he, on Justice League, Justice League Unlimited. Yep. Uh, what else did he Count, done? Countless, countless, yeah, countless DC. other, yeah, yeah, um, a lot of the movies and yeah, he's just he, he's the man is filthy. Yeah, he's yeah. a very prolific animator. He also did, um, he also did uh, the Last Airbender. He did Legend of Korra. He did Voltron. Um, so yeah, now nah, he's he was a co-director. He for, is um, God. He's gonna be the he's the co-director for this one and for the next one too, um, nice. with uh, Miller and Lord pulling um, uh, writing and producing duties. Um, but yeah, man, they fucking hit this out the park. Like, I again. think it was just, yeah, again, and I think that's the other part that I like that from. The, and it was funny because a couple of my friends were like, "Yo, that first fifteen minutes with Gwen." And then they were like, yo, we're about to get the okie doke. This is about to be a Gwen story. In my mind, I'm like, dude, I trust the process. <laughs> yep. For real. So, I, I didn't even blink. I didn't even blink either. And I thought they did a good job of uh, kind of setting it up of like filling in a couple gaps from the last one. Because you didn't mm-hmm. really know. If you don't know the comics, you don't know too much else of the story of Gwen besides what they show you. So I like that they opened with that to kind of just get you a little like, hey, catch up. This is where you're at. This is where it's going on. And then we get to where we're at with Miles. And I thought they did a good job of, you know, bringing in new characters that all had enough uh, meat to, like, have fun with. And you got, mm-hmm. got, got into Miguel's character. He gave, they gave him some depth and some, like, hurt and trauma. Then only the person I would say was kind of light was the Jessica Drew uh, Issa Rae character. They kind of just yes. threw in there just because, hey, black woman pregnant on a motorcycle. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, she didn't really have a presence like the rest of them did. Uh, did I... She did right. from an from an investigative soldiery standpoint, like she was sort of uh, Miguel's right hand. Yeah, you exactly. Know, you, 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 I say, and you do, and she's like, "All right, cool, no problem." Like she, she, she seems like she's you know his Spock. Like he's she's she's his number two. Yeah, and that I think, and I think they, I wish they would have gave her maybe just a little bit more because I didn't care about her too sure. much besides the way she looked. Um, the uh, the overwhelming favorite, of course. Oh, before I even get to that part. Uh, using Spot, who is kind of like a good C to B le- level character in the B comics, easy, and and the way they took that B level character, gave him some depth, and it was like, okay, we could actually make something with them. I thought that was a good, uh, that was a good move, and it also establishes a, a good bad guy for Miles as opposed to a Peter Parker adjacent bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then you know the runaway favorite, Hobie Brown, of course, he was our. Uh, Resident punk socialist in a yes, Disney Disneyfied way. <laughs> yeah, and play um, voiced uh, brilliantly by Daniel Daniel um, Daniel Kalua. Kalua, Kalua. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. he killed it. Killed, killed that it. shit. That shit was great. That was no. They just did a good job, man. I I I think when I came. And even in the end, I didn't actually know how they were going to end it. I was actually curious. But as it was kind of progressing, I was like, oh, okay, this is setting up the third. Okay, it makes sense. Um, yeah, I didn't realize that at first either. In fact, funny story, um, right at the end, I actually went to the to the restroom because I thought it was more to come. And when, <laughs> I, when I went back in the theater, it was like lights were on and everybody was gone, and including my nephew. And and I was like, and then he texts me, he's like, "Oh, I'm outside." I was like, "That was it." And then I realized, <laughs> I realized that yeah, it was um, classic trilogy where you kind of leave a cliffhanger in the second act second act me in the, the second film um, yeah uh, because they clearly built up something and not everything was resolved um and at the end of that film and they set it up for obviously the next adventure where they were you know beyond for beyond the spider-verse yeah 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 and like i'd like i said they just did a good job of just like balancing it all and then also you know once again uh we see what happens when a black man falls for the white she devil. Hey. <laughs> hey. 
You knew just, Cam was going to bring that up. Yo, I'm yeah. just saying, there's a pattern, people. Every oh, time, started, as soon as as soon as um, they started building toy, I was like, oh, this is going to be one of those moments where Brother Cam is going to Cam eulogizes the death of the black man at the hands of at the hands of a white woman. He's going to learn today. Every friend, time, he did the learn today. Shout out to my man Jonathan Majors out there in his own little trials. Hey. <laughs> It's all connected, brothers. It's all connected. <laughs> the multiverse lives. Um, but yeah, no, nah, I just like I said, I, I and then even from a um actually I already talked a lot. Josh, go ahead, chime in, chime in. Uh I mean, it was I, I thought it was impossibly better than the first one. And the first one was incredible. Uh I told the story on the pod before about how um they finished half the film and it when it, when Comic-Con rolled around, they uh, uh, Lord Miller and somebody else who who uh, who worked on the film were a part of the panel with the voice cast. And so, you know, they talked up, you know, what the what the feel of the movie was going to be, what the vibe of the movie was going to be, uh, how they try to position uh, Miles, um, you know, being a kid from Brooklyn with uh, with. A black dad and Latino mom and just, you know, they, they really did a good job of positioning it. And at the end, uh, Lord and Miller were like, you know what? We've done enough talking. You know, we, we talked this up pretty good. I think you guys got a really good idea of what we're trying to do with this film. Want to see it? And people were like, well, yeah, you know, like mild clapping and like, all right, cool. Cause we finished half of it and we're going to show it now. Nice. <laughs> and they showed half the film up to the cemetery scene um where uh miles and peter crash into uh whatchamacallit into into a headstone and they're both like knocked out or whatever um and literally it's the to be continued and then they go into peter right before they go into peter's comic book story uh origin explaining you know why he's in their universe um that's where they ended it and the, the place erupted in in, in a in, in applause and people ripped out of their seats like standing ovation just completely blown away by how good that thing was there's not a soul who walked out of that theater not going to see that movie everybody like there were other things that they showed after that other other movies and other television shows they talked about everybody walking out was like yo that spider-verse joint though um and and so you know fast forward to when it released and it just it blew the doors off of everything else they came out that year. Well-earned Oscar. Um, but I could not have fathomed that they would outdo what they did in the first movie by like a lot. And, you know, like Cam mentioned earlier, um, you know, it seemed at the beginning like it was going to be a Gwen Stacy movie. But, you know, you trust the pro- you, they've earned so much trust with the first movie that I didn't even blink. I was like, all right, this is where we're going. And that's where we're going. And um and it just it just the the lobby scene fast forwarding to the lobby scene the, the 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 lobby action sequence was one of the wildest things ever put to film it was just so phenomenal it took them i read it took them four years to complete the lobby scene that's insane i don't think it's ever taken any animator that long to do anything that i cam you work in that field more than i do so you know better than i yeah, I mean the four whole years, bro. Yeah, I would say like, I mean, I would say just like even the storyboarding and how like there was everything from like the fight scenes through the um how everybody was swinging, plus every person swung like was swaying, sw- uh, swung in a different way. So like mm-hmm. each spider had their own type of swing that was like different, and so they made sure that they, it came through. And then also like the. I kind of do agree with D'Angelo. He said it was like, you know, pretty frantic in terms of all the uh, the lights and all that stuff kind of coming at you a lot. Mm-hmm. So I could definitely see how people could, might get a little, like, you know, might, might get you a, a epileptic well, seizure. Epileptic, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know, it was definitely colorful. Yeah. But I think they, um, but I would say like overall, I mean, like they did a good job of, because the one thing about the Spider-Verse, I remember when I first was going to, uh, when, when I first saw the cover for it, the original comic it was uh oh alivio copil did it he did all the main books but um it was slot dan slot that did it and the initial kind of 
pitch of it was kind of like, eh, this doesn't seem that that good. And then the and then they actually brought it home into that that first book. It was actually pretty dope because the the thing about Spider Verse, the original story, was the best part about Spider Man is not Spider Man; it's everyone else, and um and it's everyone's different takes on the the whole you know Spider thing, right? And so right. I thought they they brought that home really well in this one. And so who's your act- favorite uh, variant in the book? Um, I was gonna I'll probably say Superior Spider Doc Ock Spider. <laughs> Spider's Man was absolutely the best. Oh yeah, he was probably the, the made of all, the, the Spider Man made of all spiders. That yeah. was hysterical. Yeah, well, and I also heard um, for Spider Punk, they were basically making a rever- a revision of Spider UK, and then yeah. uh, Olivia Olivia Copil artist, Dobas artist, made that design, and then uh, Slot was like, "Oh, you know what? Let's keep that for something else." Let's make let's make him a something different, and then we'll just use the old design for Spider UK, and then Spider Punk was born. And even with Gwen Stacy, like Spider Gwen, that was it was just like a, a a design off of one of the um as they were making all the spiders, and then I think she only had like a four page uh backup story or some shit like that. But mm-hmm. the design was so good that everyone like latched onto her, and I liked it, and da 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 da, and they just mm-hmm. fleshed out into a whole story. And that first like. 12, 12, 24 issues of, of uh, Spider Gwen is actually really, really cool. It's actually fun, interesting world. They do a nice crossover with Miles. This, that's where this comes from. They did a good crossover with Miles and uh, and Gwen. And in that book, they basically find out that there's no other variants. There's no Miles and there's no Spider. There's no Gwen, but there's multiple variants of Peter Parker and everyone else. And so, in almost every story, the Gwen character always dies. So Spider Gwen's kind of an anomaly herself in the Yikes. books. And so, but I actually like that in this one, the one that they really didn't explain in the books is where uh, Miles got his uh, powers. Like, besides the whole, like, he got the same thing, like, you know, comes from an Alchemex lab, bites him, turns gets power, spider powers. But that's pretty much it. They didn't really do anything in depth. And I liked in this one that they actually made it, made it have some type of a sense within the Spider-Verse situation. So I like that they're like, oh, yeah, you're an anomaly because someone's, the uh, that spider came from another universe and bit you, so you weren't supposed to get it. So that's why right. I and that, that. And that. And that Earth doesn't, Earth 42, which is where that spider came from, doesn't have a Spider-Man because that spider bit you. Mm-hmm. That's that was great writing. Yeah, that but was really. Char- but I want to talk about the character designs for a second. You you hit on like the character design for Gwen, like the character design for the Vulture was insane. And the the I don't know if you caught the 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 little captions in Italian every time he did something. Oh yeah, yep, yep, yep. That was great when they did for uh, Vulture, and then because um, you know what they did with their second spider-verse in the comics was they did a whole campaign of like hey make your spider persona you know you're oh, you okay. a, so that's how all of these like kind of variants came around like people mm-hmm. were just you know submitting different ones and blah 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 and then the ones that they chose got to be featured in a book and like you know whatever nice. and so that was a smart way to do it and then um I think it was Chris Anka. He did a bunch of celebrity ones at that time, and then they brought him in to um to do character designs for this one. So he designed like the Metro Boomin one and uh, a mm. bunch of those, those ones. And then um that was the other Metro, thing I really I like Metro Boomin on the soundtrack. Yep, and uh I like the one I like that they um that they use a lot of really dope uh comic book artists to do uh, character design for this. So there was Sanford Green, there was uh, uh Chris Anka. Uh, Nicholas Deprave, I think, and I forgot one of the other cats. It was another black dude. He was on there as well. So it, they just art wise, like this art book is going to be like the old. The other art book was great, but this one's going to be even more fun. Oh, just because, insane, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, they just did. A, they just did a really good job. Like it was, and I think, um, D'Angelo, you can speak to more like the story aspects of things and how things kind of played out. But they did. I thought. They, I thought overall, they did a pretty, pretty good job. It's a pretty good job. Yeah, um, the writing was really good. Uh, I can't. There wasn't anything. There wasn't anything that I particularly saw that was bad. I mean, you guys said that <laughs> you trust the process. I'm not gonna lie. When I first saw the opening and saw where they were going with Gwen, I wasn't so sure. But, <laughs> but at the same time, I didn't. It didn't bother me or make me not want to continue to watch the film. And it would in it it in it of itself was character development. And I and mm-hmm. I didn't and that's the reason why no matter where it was going, it was working because Gwen was a character established in the previous 
um, uh, film, and they they immediately show you her the connection that she has and maintains with the film's main protagonist, Miles, um, and and he's important in those scenes, and and so he may not have been there, but we still understood where that development was taking us. So mm-hmm. overall, I think. It was a solid three acts. I thought it may have been a li- just a tiny bit too long, but mm. not that much. And it wasn't bothersome or, or um, it didn't um, like I, I think that if the traditional animated feature would not have featured that Gwen scene uh, sequence at the beginning. And there you go. That would have given you shave that 15 minutes off and you have the average one hour, what, 45 or so yeah. that yeah. The, that the average animated feature runs. But um, because you had that, it just enhances it and it puts it kind of mm-hmm. a, a step above most animated features and in, in, in its effort. I think you guys hit the nail on the on the um, had the hammer on the nail when you said that I this one will definitely win Oscars as well. It will probably win even more. And I would, I would think that some consideration has to go to how you began to consider the voice acting in these situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's because a good point. That's a very good point. Voice actors, well, this probably isn't general knowledge, but you know for those in the industry, we know that there is awards and different acknowledgements of voice actors, but I think this is, is more of a kind of a special thing and you can't deny, you know, the, the great work that, uh, um, um, what's, what's the actor that plays miles? Uh, Shameek Moore. Yeah. Shameek Moore. Shameek Moore, uh, Haley Stanfield, um, uh, Oscar Isaac, uh, Issa Rae, even even though despite whatever the the character's usage, um, they they added, there was a there was a certain gravitas to each of those voices. They run them, they run them to life in a certain type of way for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah did too. To each one, um, Shamik Moore is a grown man, but you still feel that teenage angst in his voice mm-hmm. yeah. um, and obviously there's some you know post work and things like that that's done to his voice to you know make him sound more adolescent but at the same time you the the programs and the the suites and everything don't add personality and and and, <laughs> and charisma to a person's voice that comes from from something deeper right, so, from the performer himself yeah, yeah. From the performer themselves so i think that's gonna be this film is gonna outside of the what it do, did right as far as um the comic book uh world and spider-man itself i think it's going to open up new questions when it comes to the Oscars and this, I could see this film winning more than the first film. did. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, overall, I have nothing more to add than what you guys covered, but it was a great, uh, great film, uh, great animated feature and it was pretty well written too. So I would be interested to see in the, the script. On paper form. Yeah, they did. Um, I was also looking up some of the voices for like some of the other random ones. Like Andy Samberg did uh, Scarlet Spider, uh, Ben Riley, which was actually pretty damn good. Great, <laughs> great, great stuff. I, I like that when they did captions for people. I was laughing because in the theater when um, uh, uh, he's talking to his mom and then they're speaking in Spanish. People in the theater were like, uh, I'm in Brooklyn. They're like, yo, what's up with the captions? <laughs> yeah it was so funny i was like i and that was another moment where i remember i was like i that's just part of the reason why i like watching movies in new york because of that like yeah. kind of kind of like you no know, the extra sauce that comes with it when people are excited to see mm-hmm. a movie like they go there to enjoy it you know well there's no cinema culture like there is in new york i mean in new york city it's it's just it's vibrant it's it makes you 
want to be in the cinema and do the classic going into the theater uh, because it it had there's that energy in that city all all over like you know there's yeah one hundred percent I remember like I watched um I watched I watched the um I watched Endgame in New York and then I watched it in California and then when I watched it in New York like everyone was like in it we're all watching it we're you know cheering or clapping or whatever and then when I watched in California it was just like silence yeah. yeah i remember you telling me that i was like yo what like nothing <laughs> yeah there's you feel it i mean it's 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 they don't call it it's not referred to affectionately as the mecca cinema for no reason yeah um the other notable um american cinema yeah another notable um voice acting was um spider bite was uh amandala Stone, uh, steinberg and mm. She was on that, and then who else did they pull in there? Happy to see her getting work, man. Under yeah. under criminally underutilized actress. I do, I agree. And then, um, oh, oh, and then the other Miles from the other Earth is dude from Moonlight, the the kid. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Uh, oh, Jarrell Jerome. That's what it is. I was like, I was, I was wondering. Um, also, shout out to Donald Glover on the cameo. That was pretty, yeah, that, that, was, was, that was clean. That was, that was, that was nice. clean. That was excellent. Yeah, yeah, that's clean. I like that. It was like it was just enough. You didn't need a, you didn't need a, that much. Just a little nope. bit. Just needed well, just needed him to be there for two seconds. And yep. what's great about it is that you know, mm. I like even if it if this this business relationship between Sony and Mar- the MCU is working well for both sides mm-hmm. because you know that was a total you know again crossover between those two those two um, cinematic universes. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, it wasn't much, but it was enough to where if you've been following both the Tom both franchises, Spider-Man franchise yeah. and, and the animated Sony franchise that, you know, you get that really nice in your face Easter egg. And, mm-hmm. and obviously if you know any deeper, you know that Donald Glover was the first voice actor to voice miles in, uh, a previous, I think it was one of yeah, um, Spider Man animated. Yeah, uh, the animated. Yeah, I forgot. You know, they have like seventeen of those. But yeah, yeah, they got uh, they got a lot. But he voiced. He was the. I think I believe he was the very first actor to voice Miles Morales. Yeah, Mrs. Chen in the Venom movies. Yeah, oh yeah, that, that was, was, great. was great. That was also great. Yep, I thought was- for a second uh, Tom Hardy was going to show up. Oh, that would have been that was yeah. insane. Yeah, that'd have been say. I like that they they brought in the um the Spider Man video game that was dope too. That that um, was great. That was great. Yep. Yeah. The the 60s Spider Man that oh, was yep. completely out of the blue. Yeah, um, it was everything Spider Man. I mean, there literally. was there was nothing that they didn't touch that nope. was Spider Man at some point, some era, some reference to even referencing like the uh the Indian Spider Man. And, oh yeah. yeah, and going full blast with that. I love that because you know that's and, and, been a and big it, part of, of Spider-Man culture. And it <laughs> and it felt like authentic. It didn't seem like it, it was did. like it didn't feel like even the music when the music changed and then the you know I thought they did a good job of uh, animating each spider to like their kind of world, so you kind of get a different style for each one. Yes. but then yeah. when they and went not to just, not just style wise, I want to talk to you. I want you to speak to specifically the color palettes like when yeah they, they, they like, was animation style color yeah. palette like even with spider punk right they did the whole cut out pasty line thingy and all that yeah um yeah. you could tell his was more flat shading and all that stuff even with the way they did his dreads and then yeah. when i went to uh Mubatin, which i thought was freaking awesome yeah <laughs> uh, that was hilarious yeah uh, i thought that was great and like and like you said even when the music changed and it was you know very uh in like almost like an indian drill type situation yeah um like but it felt Hollywood, yeah. yeah. But it felt authentic. It felt cool. Mm-hmm. It, didn't, it didn't feel like they were making fun of anything. It was like or pandering, like, yeah. yeah, or pandering either. It and was legit. Also, like this is, this is what it would be like that. if you had a Spider Man in India. Done, yeah, exactly. And and not just that, but also embracing and um, paying homage to Bollywood cinema and yeah, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and that and that entire um, industry and and not in any kind of mocking way, but to say. Again, this is this is a huge part of cinema, the cinema tapestry that 
that exists and they seamlessly interwove that into mm-hmm. uh, their storytelling. Um, so yeah, it, it's in the animation. So that's why I say I can't see this not racking up in the Oscars and even causing some debate about whether it should be, you know, it definitely, you know, I'm thinking best original screenplay or something like that, or best. Oh man, yeah, you like kidding? It, technically, this would be an adapted screenplay. Adapted, yeah. yeah. But I mean, uh, the conversation yeah, could be had that this uh, that this could be that. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, it's mm. very comparable and, to any Disney film that made its mark. I would, during I would be willing to say that it goes beyond anything we've ever seen. I mean, just the, so. Well, just very much. I'm just saying uh, it, the 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 difference is, and this is the truth. I don't agree with it, but the comic book aspect of it always causes ruffles in in those awards. Oh yeah, because you know, you yeah. know yeah. versus Disney, where you have an, a Lion King or 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 you know Little Mermaid and things like that. These are stories of a different fantasy ilk that's my point yeah and i think this year you have um and also you know pixar has their movie elemental which is looking pretty good but it's you know it's pixar so it's something has something has something has feelings so now we have elements i don't even care what it's about i don't care what else pixar has up their sleeve for this season like for this year it's not gonna touch this i mean dude so we always talk about how uh how talking to to D'Angelo about narrative structure and writing has sort of warped our way of, in a positive way of watching television and film. I think talking to you, Cam, has opened, has sort of tweaked my eyes in terms of like the different, the different animation styles that we were talking about, like Mm, uh, the, in the beginning with Gwen, like how everything's unfinished and everything like, these purple and pink hues that match her suit, but also matched her mood. Like they use the purple, the pink shifts to make blue and how like when she was sad, it was blue in the back, little subliminal touches that cue you in on the mood of what's happening or what's about to happen were, were just completely littered throughout her, that, that beginning sequence in the first act with her. And then they kind of doubled down on that in every different in, in every different environment that you're in um you know when you when when uh when when miles winds up at the wrong earth it's a different color palette so you immediately yep. know something's off mm-hmm. from you know from his no like his 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 universe is like a fully fleshed out it's not pastels it's not you know it's not it's it's what animation should be like it's it's sort of mirroring real life and right. literally every other place that they went except for the lobby was um what was a different tone a different style a different anime like the 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 outlines of the characters were thicker or thinner like yeah. it was just little things that sort of cued you in that you were something somewhere other than where you were supposed to be yeah. yeah and that's the point that was kind of the thing that i liked that they 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 in the first one they just kind of hinted at that and then this one they just went all in with yeah it. they doubled down on it and hard. i think that, and i like that they did that because then you know in the first one, you know, you know, uh, like Spider Noir was always black and white, and everything is like around him was always that level. Right. But I think in this one, they really doubled down on it. So when, every time you went to a different Earth, it completely changed. Like you know, when they when they did the cameo with the the Spider Lego Man or whatever uh, Lego, and that was actually really dope too. And, and there's so, a great story behind that. There's a 14 year old kid who would do would do. Um, different Lego things. And apparently Lord and Miller saw it and was like, yo, we need to reach out to this kid. He's really good. Hit him up. And apparently he did, he did the sequence. He did the, the Lego sequence, uh, in it during spring break and addressed any notes that he had after school. Once school started up again, it's <laughs> awesome. But kid was 14 years old. Just throwing up, uh, Lego, uh, stop in stop motion animation on YouTube. Yep. See, and that's and I think that's a you know a, a, on one end with the fan service of make kind of putting in fan favorites and like that kind of stuff, but mm-hmm. on the other end of actually reaching the fans and kind of bringing them in because like mm-hmm. you know they had so much fun just throwing 
every design of some of those against like spider personas against yeah. the wall in the backgrounds the amount of the amount of like spider people that have been designed over the last like five years just by literally everyone kind of just putting their own thing and it's actually cool because the, the some of the personas are you know they're silly and the other ones are actually really really like thought out and really mm-hmm. cool that's how spider bite kind of kind of came into about but i like that they did a good job of just like the balance of the fan service to actually having a good film and not just making it all set fan service, which we're hearing stories of uh, the flash coming up. That's coming out. Was it, was it this week now? This weekend? It's this week or this, this, this uh, whatever Thursday. Uh, Thursday is Thursday. Yeah. yeah. So like we're, we're hearing a lot of stories of like, that's just a lot of fan service where this one is a good balance of, you know, fan service, but then also like, we're still, we're still trying to make a good movie here, guys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, to be fair, the flash is kind of, dead was well i guess they didn't go into it thinking it but it's a dead end now uh at least for for a little while i think it's a purposed dead end like they're 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 making it a dead end so that they can use it to pivot if yeah, i'm oh, absolutely i mean but that don't change the fact that it's a dead end oh no 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 no, no. not at all not at yeah, all no they're absolutely using it to pivot towards um the gun, the gun universe, DC universe, or whatever it's going to be called. Yeah, whatever it's going to be called. Um, so the, yeah. the burning question here is, are they going to release another pair of Miles Morales Jordans? <laughs> <laughs> that is, uh, is, that is the most important That is the most important thing. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and given that capitalism hasn't come to a crashing halt, since this conversation started, I yep. would assume that that's gonna already that's in the work. Yeah, I mean that Sony would be crazy not to make as much money off off of this, is because it's literally now one of their most successful IPs in the last ten years. So you know they may as well milk it as long as they can because you know I don't think they're ever gonna make a really good live action. Nothing comparable to this. Well, as you say that. There is talk that at the end of the third one, that uh, the the multiverses will somehow collapse in on themselves or 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 otherwise be corrected, as per what Miguel O'Hara was saying. Um, uh, Spider Man twenty ninety nine was saying about how everything's in chaos and you know and splintered and this that and the other. Um, supposedly. The rumor is that there will be a live that this will the the end of the third one was will result in a live action Miles Morales, which will be kind of fun. I mean, I don't need it, but you know, it'll be fun if they do it. To say that it will be fun because (laughs) I gotta tell you, unless Feige is involved with this thing, it seems like Sony does not know what to do with them. So, I mean, they did this and they did the first one. But unless Lord and Miller are the ones doing it, I I worry. Like they don't seem to well, know. Live action just has another challenge. Is another challenge. So <laughs> exactly, it's, it's another not challenge. Be the same the same arena as the yep. as the animated festival. Right. They don't approach but, it that way. I but mean, they don't even know how to write it. That's the thing. Like you can throw special effects around and hire whatever actor du jour is not working at the moment. But but. They haven't written good. But what, wait, let me take that back. Aside from the Tobey Maguire movies, the first two, and uh, and the Tom Holland movies, all three of them, mm-hmm. they really haven't had a good like you know that last Spider, that last Tobey Maguire movie, and pretty much both of the Andrew Garfield movies. Uh, you know, well, I mean, they're batting fifty fifty here. You know what I mean? I, like literally fifty fifty. I I think they're I, I would say they're bad in sixty forty because I I don't think that you know, the, yeah you're right the, actually the first, if, if you um, if you weigh the numbers correctly sixty forty is accurate yeah because I don't think the first Amazing Spider Man film wasn't that wasn't bad that was I a, still that was, I, I still stand to reason I think the first Amazing Spider Man is better than the uh, the first Spider Man like if I I went back and rewatched both of them and like Spider Man one doesn't hold up as well. And Spider Man, Amazing Spider Man, kind of gets to it a little bit quicker, and the, the, the balance yeah. is better. Two, no, of I, course, the rest of them are whatever, but like Spider Man Two still holds up, really good, masterful. But Spider Man, oh, yeah. the first one, like it just there's not much there there. Like it's very hokey and very like I don't know where Spider Man Two they figure it out and they like get to the gets the beat. Gets yeah, the, the first good. one is ca- is very campy, yeah. very 
it has a little bit. It's Sam Raimi meets a little bit of what Schumacher was trying to do at the mm. at, in those two Batman movies he did. That balance of the of the darker tone content material and and the lighter side of the character. Did but he did three, yeah, he did, he did three. But and 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 that's and so yeah, Amazing Spider Man was was decent. I liked that one. Two was was the same problem that Raimi had, which was uh, they wanted to cr- get all these villains in in uh, and in three. I think they wanted him to do Venom, but his plan was not Venom because mm-hmm. he was his like plan was always Sandman alone. Yeah, he's like I don't know Venom, the Venom character as well because that was after I stopped reading and and they're like no, we want Venom, and so then you got Spider Man three, a, a total. Just nonsensical. Cluster, cluster is the word you're looking for. Yeah, clusterfuck yeah. is a so good one. I think three and two were the bad ones of the of the live action. The first Sam Raimi movie was a good start, but the second one was an actually great. The second one was outstanding. Film. Yeah, great writing, great directing, acting. It it was the kind of emotional arc that you want to see a superhero or a main character go through where they find themselves and they 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 don't you know it's it's not too much and with a with a worthy enough villain and i think that was one of the first of that of that era where the villain wasn't dastardly evil you know doc ock in that movie wasn't uh, wasn't a there was a a reason for his madness yeah he he was driven criminally insane yeah Right. And and there's loss and trauma and all that stuff in his origin story as well. So um, they that. So, I, yeah, I, to pivot, go back to wrap this up. I would say 60, 40 over 50, 50, but that still supports your point, which is if they're going to do live action, they need to go back to where they were with Spider-Man 2 in terms of thinking. Yeah, and and not not necessarily in terms of execution because I think we can all agree the cinematic world, the hit superhero cinematic world, has moved far past that in terms of visual palette. Sure. In terms of character development, storytelling, really giving the character that a reason to root for the 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 um this this the hero in question. Um, once if you get back to that, then the live action can work. But yeah, it is a big question mark for for Sony. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting because, like you said, like they their track record on trying to do a, like a solid. I mean, you know, No Way Home and everything else got you know you know and those that trio of movies actually worked out pretty well. Sure, but but at the same time, you know, they're they're shaky. I, yeah, I, I kind of agree with Josh. I make it could be fun in terms of a, like a, a nod and a wink at the end, but it's like it's almost like you can't. I don't know if you can actually do that. Like it, they basically have to get it right. They have to land the plane. They really do. And I they think that's and that's like it's like the casting, right? It's like when they recast, when they eventually recast Luke Skywalker, if they ever, if they keep going back to the old shit, um, it's that kind of situation where uh, either you're gonna hit out the park, or it's gonna be a complete miss, and like. I mean, the it would actually be a cool thing to have a live action at this end in terms of like bridging that gap. But at the same time, if they can't do it right, then you're right. I wouldn't. I just wouldn't ha- want them to do it at all. Yeah, I, I'd rather not. I mean, yeah, and, because- and, and you got Shamik Moore already talking about I'm gonna lose weight and get ready for whatever, whatever. I'm like, dog, you're 30. Stop. Yeah, you young, but you do not look young, sir. Like yeah. a teenager anymore, and, yeah, and no. honestly, the, the the voice again. We know that some of that is a lot of that is him, but the 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 sound of it is is totally altered. Yeah, to make yeah. younger than exactly. thirty years old. Dog, stop. I mean, and even like they're talking about Miles Brown, who is actually Afro Latino off off a of blackish. Um, and like he's around the age, uh, the kid from Stranger Kid Things, you know, they're basically going to look at it's basically like Superman, right? Any mm. uh, white guy with the square jaw, you're going to running for a Superman. So for yeah, Miles, it'll be that. like any any skinny black kid that's between the ages of. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It, it could be interesting. I mean, it's it's also one of those things where it's like you said, do we need it now? But it's capitalism. So, you know, it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, Miles Morales is is probably really he's I mean, not even probably the character is extremely popular right now between the video games and the uh, and the, the movies um, and the comics. So, you know, it's it's it. I don't think they're going to slow down and trying to in using him. Um, the question will just then because I think if <laughs> if the MCU could use him, they would have they would have brought him in by now. I think that that's I agree the, too. I that's agree. the reason why that you know they reference uh, 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 his uncle and everything. You know they would have tried to figure out a way, even if it was with a TV series. You know to to bring Miles in to use him as a as a staple or or figure in in the story, especially now that they're talking about moving. Uh, into the the mature phase of of Peter Parker, you know he's out of high school now. He's now he's uh, on his own. None of his friends remember who he is, and you know, which I think, it, given that trilogy, that was a good way of ending that the that was high great. school trilogy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, 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 I agree. To adulthood, you know. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think that was the one thing. Um, yeah, I would say like, yeah, I like that. It was a good way to do it because it gets it's a it's a reset without being a reset, and right. also you know this this version of Peter Parker's been pretty spoiled because he had uh, Iron Man, he got the gadgets, he got you yeah. know the homies, yeah. and so the the core principle of Peter Parker is kind of like the down and out loser, but still doing the good thing in spite of all of that. You know, I have um, a prediction. I think that Miles will get folded into the MCU post Secret Wars. I can see it. They did that in the comics. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean that's that makes perfect sense. That gives them enough time to kind of like pad it out, really think it out. I mean, mm-hmm. like in the comics, yeah, I don't know. You think they're gonna be able to wrestle that from Sony? Possibly. Uh, I, I mean, they might do what they did with uh, with Tom Holland. Yeah, they'll do the same thing. They'll just do a, a joint a joint situation. Like, yo, you guys can do it, but we have say. Right. Like we yeah. can ve- we can basically veto anything you say. We do do or whatever, but we'll I think it, but y'all got to do what we tell you to do. Yeah, I can. No, I can. T- I can. I can kind of see that going on. I think um, that's the other thing I would say is like they just have to figure that out, that balance, because at the end of the day, they've it's you know what it is. It's kind of like with the uh, uh, freaking John Stewart and Green Lantern. Like you mm-hmm. establish this black dude as Green Lantern over a set of years and then you don't. And then when the big stuff happens, he's like nowhere to be found. <laughs> And so, like, I think if they're going to do Miles, like, they're, 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 they now know that they have a, a good property they can do something with. So now they're not going to fuck it up, or, they're, or at least they're going to hope not. I mean, honestly, Miles as a TV show wouldn't be that bad. You'd be no. angsty, you know, teenage no, angsty. Work. Yeah, it could totally yeah. work. I mean, um, I was watching Disney's, uh, I watched the first two episodes of American Born Chinese, and that was. Um, How is it? It's actually pretty good. They did a good. It's a good balance of the teen angsty stuff, but then also Chinese mythology. Uh, plus Michelle Yeoh doing comedy is always a win, no matter what. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. like, it, every time she does comedy, she's just like a wink and a smile the whole time, and just having the time of her life. Um, I mean, is there anything that woman can't do? Nope, absolutely not. No, there is not. Absolutely not. So, um, uh, yeah. So it's it's fun. It's definitely fun. So I can like. If I was Sony, I'd actually would go through. Maybe I would kind of maybe try to do a series and do something like do a series, basically do a series and have fun with it. Like as opposed to like trying to build up this huge, you know, other you know movie franchise. Which again, capitalism. But um, like yeah, no, you're right. I think TV is very profitable. It's at its you know probably at its peak of profit profitability right now. Um certainly at a high high end um so yeah it's definitely totally doable to to do a a ya coming of age story of of miles morales that's separate from the spider-verse canon or continuity and and possibly linked to the mcu but maybe who knows yeah i think i think at first and this is the same thing i said about x-men how you and the Fantastic Four and all these new, new, but big staples of Marvel. Like you got that. I, that's the reason why I know Josh is like, oh, no, you, you should bring, just bring them in. Um, but I'm like, it's the X-Men. It's the Fantastic Four. They need to be on their own for a little bit. And yeah, before they I come, agree. Because 
they we haven't seen the best of them in movies yet. You could argue that we saw a little bit of the best of Spider-Man mm. pre MCU. Yeah. Mm. We have not seen the best of X-Men in no. movies. That's fair. Or, or a Fantastic Four. And like I, w- I was saying, um, I was like in another group chat, we're talking, and I was like, for X-Men, I'm like, give me a tight eight-episode series focusing around two to three X-Men, you know, and then not Wolverine. So give me like a... Christ, like, yes, not Yeah, like do, do like Gambit and maybe Storm and like somebody else, and they're in Louisiana, New Orleans, and they have to fight, you know, the, you, you weave in Gambit's um, uh, voodoo the, situation the, the and... Yeah. yeah, and the Thieves Guild and the like do something on a base level that introduces yeah. the world that they're here and then tie that into other things and that way you don't have to go like you said, we don't need Wolverine in another movie or a TV show. God, but we, we know but we he need- can still exists. Exactly. You know, there, there, exactly. We've seen these things where the big name characters have been scaled down and used in other ways, but they've been the best example is how Bruce Wayne and the, the Justice League and Batman and all those characters are used in not just in Young Justice. I can't believe I'm going to say it, but also <laughs> in, in Titans as well. Because despite, despite the many problems Titans had, they did use, after the first season, they used the existence of Bruce Wayne very well in, in that world without having to I mean, they eventually muffed it up, but they still at first used it well. But I think even if Wolverine's presence is similar to how, let's say, uh, Bat, Bats and Supes and Superman and all their all of the uh, the the mainstays are you are utilized in Young Justice, I think that is different than having him the central fo- the central protagonist. Mm-hmm. He can be. A supporting character he doesn't need to be the central protagonist yeah that's the difference yeah exactly mm-hmm. and you're right i think it's like you just need to because even so even with miles right if they extended miles into the world into the real world whatever um it actually would be better if we already meet miles with having all the stuff that just happened to him so it's like We've been like kind of with Sp- like Spider Man, right? We already know the Uncle Ben story. We already know this, da 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 da. So it's like let's just kind of like continue that. We don't need another origin story for Miles. Like if yeah. they if they were going to extend this into the you know whatever, it would actually be more more fun if it, if like we cut to Miles and he's basically in Brooklyn, uh, the Brooklyn Vision School, and it's the live action, and then it just continues the story. Like that would right. actually be pretty fresh. Um, but at the same time, like you said, like we just need them to be existing already in the world. And I think like the uh, Malar world, actually, um, he he's doing like a crossover event with all his books he's done over the last 10 years or 15 years. And all he's really doing is showing that they all exist in the same universe. And so right. some will cross over, some won't. But like the, there are certain ones that will. But it's just saying that in this in this thing I've created, even though I'm, I put all these separated stories, I can show that they exist in the world and as opposed to having to – they don't have to cross over. Like when there's an X-Men event and there's Avengers and all this other stuff, we have like you know all you know, 20 different books. Everyone's crossing over. It's kind of annoying. But um, – in the, in the best parts of Spider-Man's uh, world when he, he's you're writing him, there's times where, like, you know, Spider-Man's chilling and all of a sudden Beast shows up. And I was like, oh, Beast, what are you doing right. here? He's like, oh, mm-hmm. I have a lecture at yada, 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 and blah, 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 blah. Oh, man, that's cool. Let's go stop this villain real quick. And then he goes off on his world. So I would rather have that, and that would be more fun, um, especially for X-Men and for uh, Fantastic Four. Like, you know, Reed Richards is watching the, um, you know, the intergalactic shit that was going on in Avengers one, and then you're like, hey, how come they, how come they didn't stop it? He's like, oh, because they were off on another planet doing some other shit. <laughs> right. So I think having them exist in that world, and I actually agree with the D'Angelo. Like, I would much rather have ten years of uh, X Men stories, and then they all collide. You know, ten years from now, that's fine, or five. You know, it's capitalism, but like. Just let them let them be. (laughs) Yeah, and that's my point. Like, you know, we we if it would be great to get the classic X-Men storytelling before we move into into the crossover stuff or they exist in this larger tapestry uh, of things, because we haven't. I just think a the the retconning is not worth it. And B, they have such a, a rich universe all on their own that they don't, again, they don't need. I think you could literally 
only read X-Men and never read any other Marvel anything. And you, you would have you would have knowledge a vast knowledge of of this entire universe of, of characters because X-Men is kind of a mini mini universe within Marvel's bigger universe. I guess all of the and, characters' stories are, but I feel like the X-Men that translates to not just because for a while I remember even when I wasn't reading uh, Marvel comics, I knew who the X-Men were. I yeah. knew who Wolverine was, who Professor X was, who uh, Magneto was. I knew these characters. Have never read a book about them, but I knew who they were because they were all over pop culture in the in the eighties and nineties, and 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 um, you know, obviously the cartoons. So I just think if the MCU plays into that and allows them to be themselves, that eventually you create another reason to get excited for the next crossover. Cause I don't think that excitement is still exists. It's kind of mechanical and like, Oh yeah, we got where we got Kang dynasty and secret wars coming, but you know, it's probably just going to be like the last Marvel rump rump. But this one, if you have something totally separate that, you know, is going to collide with, with the established, with the old Testament. I'm just saying, yeah, I mean, you do have a point. You do got, you, you guys do have a valid point because, Harkening back all the way to uh, the original Secret Wars, when when they get dumped on the planet uh, on, on Battle World, mm-hmm. the X Men are largely uh, estranged from everyone. Like they know mm-hmm. that the others exist, mm-hmm. and you had situations like you know Beast joining the the Avengers, even though he was an original X Men. So yeah. the Avengers know that the X Men exist, but they really didn't cross pollinate at all before secret wars um you know you might have like a human torch spider-man thing um and they had specific things like they would have a marvel team up so that it was designated as that's their that's the area where those guys cross pollinate it wasn't comic book to comic book so when they land on battle world the x-men are like you know the you know cap of course is very much on on his take charge shit and the x-men are like yeah we don't report to you old man um we're going to be over here doing our thing. Y'all ain't never really checked for us before. Why would we follow any of you now? Um, right. And so there's that instant division of, you know, we're mutants. You ain't never checked for us before. Suddenly, you know, you want to beat Dr. Doom. And now we're, we're your guys. Like, we got to fall in line. Yeah, it's not yeah. going down. And, and I think that's the thing where it's like, even with, um, if they do that and set it up like the comics, right? X-Men have their own world. Uh, Cosmic has their own world. Fantastic Four has their own world. It kind of bleeds into Cosmic. Then it kind of makes that, then that's fun because it allows things to settle. Cause like, yeah, I would love at least like four to five X Men projects that doesn't cross with anyone else. Maybe, yeah. maybe it's a, you know, maybe it's a cutscene or whatever here and there, but it doesn't have to be anything crazy. Yeah. And it, Cause I, I, and you know, I think that if they did, if they did want to keep them, in the MCU proper and they go with a storyline like, okay, professor X and Magneto for all this time have been working together to keep mutants a secret, but there was a break. There's some kind of break, some kind of event that causes that to go, to go astray. So now you have the brotherhood, you have the, the X-Men. Now, why would humans all of a sudden be, when you have Captain America and you have the Hulk and all these people existing, why would they be so threatened by mutants? Well, why why was the Neanderthal threatened by Homo sapiens? Yep, <laughs> it's pretty it's, much uh, high evolutionary's whole yeah. uh, his whole shtick. And so mutants would become would still fall into the line of um, being discriminated against, being not not being trusted, and ultimately. The biggest thing is the bulk of humanity fearing what mutant kind represents, which is, the, as Professor X says, the next stage of evolution. Homo superior. Yeah, which if you get homo superior, then eventually homo sapien is going to go away. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it'll be supplanted. Sure. It will be supplanted either by force or by breeding out. All right, you guys, you guys have sold me. All right, fine, 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 fine. I mean, we, we have to still fight. We 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 need to be 
writing Feige and getting some contracts pulled up. I mean, we're, we're doing better than the current Marvel writers. <laughs> different pod, different pod, brother. Different yeah, pod, I know, right? But yeah, I mean, overall, I would say pivoting back to to into the Spider Verse, that ending was not what I saw coming. Like I thought, you know, it. it I was so wrapped up in what was going on that while I did realize that it was that there was a certain amount of time that had passed, it didn't feel like that was where the movie was going to end. Like it could have just kept going and I'd have been fine. Yeah. I, that's why I, I, I agree with you because that's why I picked the time that I did to use the restroom. I thought, Oh, this is a downtime. They're about to move into or finish up. This is clearly the third act, but, whatever and i left came back it was over so nailed it yeah, I, I had that i had that same feeling but um yeah everything i, I didn't miss anything significant um yeah i also like that they didn't have a um uh like a cut scene at the end mm-hmm. um i thought that was dope like i like i like that they did that to kind of break that up like they and and they announced that before the movie was like dropped like hey guys you're good <laughs> uh, and it's funny because even though people knew that they still waited anyways because Marvel's got us trained yeah they got you guys trained and, I, I, I retired from that after I don't even remember the last movie I stayed I stayed for the credits oh no I, I always stay for the credits yeah I, I stay for the credits for every movie I watch that. that's just me because well, um, that's after, very after respectful to the, to the artists who, whose names appear on that screen yes. and I'm not being facetious I'm yeah, being very serious. After Not spotting a-, a friend's name in the credits for um for uh for a uh, a Mission Impossible movie, I stay for all the credits. Yeah, yeah. my no, my that's, um, that's, great. that's dope. Yeah, my uh, our teachers used to say that too. They're like, the only people that stay for the credits are your friends and family. <laughs> and so, yeah. and I mean, it's cool though, because I, I to that point, yeah, like I like I like seeing it where like now some form of my friends are usually in you know some to capacity of some of these movies now so it's kind of cool to wait to see like oh shit there's that person mm-hmm. that person that absolutely so, you know so that's but cool more not knowing that i'm out once that <laughs> credits are rolling the thing you never know so i like i i didn't know my homie was going to be in mission impossible i just happened to uh, that she worked on mission impossible i just happened to be sitting there yakking it up with a friend of mine turned to the screen and i saw her name i was like oh shit yo immediately texted her like yo son and <laughs> <laughs> no um, that's yeah that that yeah that's dope that's dope um all right cool i think that's that kind of covers that we even put in our our final words without having to say final words <laughs> yeah, yeah I know, right? so. um so you will i guess we'll follow this up mark the week of march 24th in uh, 2024 i know yeah yeah and it's funny because you know for how long these things take and they kind of just went all the way through which is smart um that we're still in it yeah they only have the choice but also you know we're still in the middle of the writer's strike what are we at week seven now so, so we and does not look like it's slowing down anytime soon so it's like the history repeating itself and hopefully we'll we'll meet here on, on march 24 2024 i mean with the air power uh, pollution and it looks like uh, armageddon in new york who knows mm-hmm. what the next year mm-hmm. <laughs> wow exactly exactly but um (laughs) leave you with that to think about i told you i was unfriendly (laughs) um but yeah thanks for rocking with us go see if you haven't seen it we did all the spoilers but absolutely go go see it again i actually need to i want to i do want to go check it out and i'm going uh, to see it again for sure probably i'm trying to do it might be at is it an imax this is an imax right not anymore oh it's right out yeah um but yeah, I want to. Oh, you got a week. You got a. You got one week to see whatever it is you're going to see in a premium theater, brother. Yeah. For the entire summer after that, you're you're you know you're you're rolling dice. Yep. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> uh, but yeah, talk to you guys soon, and we out. Peace. Hasta.